Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and an 18-month lease. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If canceled earlier, main balance due unlimited basic after $6.30.20. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. You're listening to Open for Discussion, where, man, y- y'all probably shouldn't have said that. It tends to happen. Let's start the show. 7.15 Welcome to Open for Discussion, where any and everything is on the table to be discussed. I'm your host, Albert. And in the building, we got the whole family with us again. I got my lovely wife to the side of me, Mrs. Adrian. Hey, y'all. I got my boy Diddy Rowe, a.k.a. y'all know the rest. Summer Diddy. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> wow. We got his beautiful wife, Merlo. Hey, good morning to all my faithful followers. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, The lovely Miss Kim. Hey. My boy Cleet the Geek. What it do? What it do? My boy G-Dub. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Miss Sabrina. She wasn't able to be here today. You know, they if you got kids, you understand that things happen at the last minute, but you got to keep it moving through. And that's why Dub is here to follow up and be strong for the family. For sure. How's everybody doing right now, man? Just, uh, you know, uh, normally we try to keep it evergreen, but we're coming into a new year, new us, new everything. How, how's everybody here going so far? Good, good. Better than ever. Oh, Living my best life. Okay. Uncommon. Okay. Nobody can hear you shaking your head, but everybody's great. <laughs> <laughs> that was a random question there. It just kind of threw us for a loop. No, it's, yeah. not, it's not random, man. It's just a... Uh, it's a greeting. It is, it, yeah, it's a salutation. That's it, man. Okay. Good year. Good what start dub, to what the dub, year. What, what, what dub, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. How is your, how is your year going, sir? Man, year is going fantastic. You know, oh, that is so amazing. Just celebrated the big but three yeah, three. man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate everything you just said, man. I'm gonna jump out the gate. You don't even man. know what I just said. <laughs> Pretty much that going on. What a terrible friend. <laughs> no, nah, man. I heard you, man. I'm, uh, it's good, man. It's really uh, a sight to see this year. You know, um, you know, we've all. With homeowners, people buying new cars, people getting promotions. You know, it's it's. I'm excited about the year, so I want to jump right into a, a situations that I, I deal with in my life, and everybody here knows that I, I have a real problem with just not saying what's on my mind. And have y'all ever been put in the place where a superior or someone that you have a lot of honor and a lot of respect for? just has the worst breath or the worst <laughs> body odor and you kind of stuck in that that position of should I say something <laughs> or do I just power through it and and just continue to hurt my nose <laughs> on a on a daily basis <laughs> so I'm just I'm just throwing that out there to see if maybe maybe my thoughts are incorrect how how, how would y'all deal with that I know if I've had it in the past, um, a supervisor, I mean, she didn't necessarily have it on a consistent basis, but like, you know, when we have our like one-on-ones, 
you know, get up, you know, <laughs> as she's giving me feedback, you know, I'm like, woof, you know, but I have the thoughts in my head. Should I say something? Should I not? But I just powered through it. That's, I don't know. Ooh, I powered through that. And how long, how long did you have to deal with that? Like, how long were you at this particular position? Um, I was under her maybe a little, only six months. Because okay, I changed, I what, changed departments. What so. years were you there? Don't do it, yeah, so I wasn't under her for too long, so I didn't have to deal with it. Ooh. But I just remember like having the thoughts in my head, like, "Dang, you know, do I say something? Do I not?" And I just be like, "Man, shit, I slide her some mint juleps." <laughs> I just power through that thing. I know you drink, but I'm gonna make sure everything that you drink gonna have a whole lot of peppermint, and mint, and spearmint, all uh, kind of cinnamon, anything. I have a qualifying question on on this question: What type of odor are we talking about? <laughs> so there's different. They're different. Like it's just. There's levels. Stink breath. Mm-hmm. There's alcohol breath. There's mm-hmm. cigarette breath. Ooh. Like coffee breath. Coffee breath. Well, see, see the thing, the, the thing uh, to help you with the qualifier. Coffee breath, smoker's breath, you know, alcohol breath. Those are occasional. You know, you may catch them on the first time that they get into the office and they say something to you, or you run up on them, you know, outside somewhere. I'm talking about the ones where it's consistent halitosis, mm. and, and it's just you'd be like, man, did you at least try to put a piece of soap under your arm? Just stick also, a tic tac so under Not only soap. breath, it's must. I'm talking about full on whether you oh, experience okay. Okay. body so we're yeah, about hygiene, body, hygiene. pretty much. Okay. If it's, okay. I mean, whether you, because. I've experienced both. I've experienced a superior who had horrible breath, and then I've also experienced a superior who's had just body odor. You know, they had one of those natural kicks, mm. and they just you know everything we using you using like a stone under your arm. It was, it was cultural. Like, no, it wasn't cultural. Okay. Now, I have sometimes had, it's I've, cultural. Had to, I've had some customers. Yeah, yeah. That you are, mean uh, cultural. culturally? <laughs> No, they're awesome. Yeah. There are some cultures yeah, that we will coaches, so we keep taking off yeah, the actual orders. Yeah. I mean, and uh, Saeed's on one because it's Black History Month. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have a right to be. All right, you know what I'm saying? All right. Anyway, man. anyway. But yeah, man. Uh, continue, y'all. I think it depends on how consistent that interaction is. I mean, if it's a once in a blue moon type of situation, maybe you can ignore it. But if mm. you know you're going to interact with this person on a regular, consistent basis and it always stank, I mean, at some point you got to give some gestures or some hints or pull out your gum yeah, and yeah. just chew it really loud, you know, <laughs> make them want it, maybe. Well, what I did, um, it wasn't necessarily a superior, but it was someone that worked under me. Um, so what I ended up. <laughs> And it's the same situation because you don't want to like hurt their feelings or whatever. So what I ended up doing is, um, like, I, I just committed to bringing you know gum, and then every time we would have a meeting, <laughs> every time we meet, I just pass out to everybody. Pass out gum. Oh, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got extras. I got extras. I made sure put it right in front of the person. Like, yeah. oh, there you go. You know, and that that helped. Obviously, I just saw the problem because it was breath and odor too. Um, actually, no, I did end up talking to him. Yeah, I did. I took him out. Yeah, we walked and talked about it. Um, but yeah, how'd the superior. conversation go? 
Yeah, it right. was awkward. That's weird. <laughs> it was bad awkward. awkward. I, you know, I started with a whole bunch of uh, Man, give me, give uh, compliments. Give, he probably, give, compliments. Give he probably flowered that thing up. Yeah, no, give I'm an example. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Give an example, man, of how how you uh how, you how I approached the conversation. Like, so exactly how the conversation went so, that you can remember. So so since I like I said, since he worked under me, I uh, was an intern. I was coming from the standpoint of you know how to. Um, you know, how to position yourself in the workplace. So the conversation first, I was like, hey, you're doing good. You're doing a great job here. I was like, listen, I can understand this one of your first major um, positions, you know. Um, but, you know, there's some things that you have to <laughs> transition from the way you're used to being around your family and then to <laughs> a professional environment. I was like, you know, so I kind of, I, I kind of worked my way in there because he used to, he didn't cut his, never cut his hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, like keep, keep me your hair trimmed, man. You know, having your hair trimmed, that, that's a nice way to present yourself professionally. And I'm like, you know, sometimes, you know, it might, you might be coming from lunch and you might be a little sweaty, you know. So if you come to meeting, it, it gives off. A, so I itch my way into the, the professional have stance. the same sin as your underarms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took you to HR, bro. You know, you know, I'm trying to deny my culture. HR was, I like, took nah. straight to HR. HR was saying, thank HR you. Was like, we appreciate you. You don't talk to this brother, he out of here. So, so it was, I inched into it. But that was a little different um, for your for your question because... I had the authority to be able to talk to him like that. I think it's different when it's your superior. It's like how yeah, you, I think I think the way you approach it would definitely be yeah. uh, a whole lot different. Like, because, yeah. you know, in the back of your mind, it'd be like, man, what if this person got a problem? They fire and, me or something. And, you know, and now they, I don't expose the problem, and so you know, you definitely have all of those thoughts. I actually haven't had that situation, but um, luckily for me, I think I would power through it. Honestly, as a superior. What about um, a friend? I don't know. Everybody has experienced a musty friend. Yes. Yes, you're right. I think I would do the, the gum situation. Just always have gum with, gum with me, which I do now anyway. So just passing out gum, giving out gum. When I take one, gum. I offer it. You'd be like, listen, uh, I got a whole bunch of these trial size deodorants. <laughs> yeah, here's some degree. Just keep it. Listen, man, let me know, let me know how that works for you, man. I, I just started using it. it. It works great. No, no, no. I need you to try it. Let me <laughs> know. <laughs> Try right now. Now everybody sitting at this table know Birdie's lying. Yeah. <laughs> and many of us walked around him fucking. We already know what we're having, bro. Stop lying, man. No, that's what I said. Listen, for me, I'm gonna tell you. You'll be One because up. I'm your friend. I'm gonna tell you straight to your face. I don't care about hurting your feelings. You, man up, woman up. Straight up. So like, listen, you walk around here funky. <laughs> I can't, you can't be a representation of my friendship. And you walking around here stinking like that. So, nah, I don't deal with it. I, I can't do stinking it, man. Like that. <laughs> Not to a superior though. That's see, a friend. See, the, the, yeah, you're saying it's a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I guess the situation <laughs> with me is that I'm so I'm so normal with most people that if I do say it, they just laugh. And they assume that I'm joking with them and be like, nah, man, I'm just, uh, you know, <laughs> um, you were a little off today, so I wasn't sure what's going on. This guy probably hasn't started the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We slid right into the uh, first second. Uh, <laughs> uh, we slid into it right after the intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, man, but... Yeah, that's a, it's, it's, it's a tough situation to be put in, man, because that... Man, your, uh, your air quality is something that's very important. <laughs> and when it's being violated, mm-hmm. I have extreme issues with it. That's a good word, violation. Yeah, it's, it's a pure violation. No, what, what's, what's, your, what's your thoughts on it, man? 
I know you asked a pre-qualifying question, but let, let's get your let's get your synopsis. Yeah, I think you got to tell them regardless. I don't care who it is, like a superior, you know, someone that that reports to you, friend. Like it's just oh, it, it's it's vital for any type of relationship. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and allow you to not only harbor my work environment, but and everybody else is thinking the same thing. And I and I've been the person in in most companies I've been with that you don't want to have the hard conversations with. You know, the people that we report to, I'll I'll do it because I don't want to deal with the whole, look at that, his breath so stink. Hey, his breath so stink. Mm. I'm like, deal with all that. It's just like, <laughs> can you go tell the man that his breath is stink, please? So he can potentially rectify it. He could have a decayed tooth. He could have, like, <laughs> right. a dead tooth. We got to get this man a dental plan. <laughs> we need to work on this. That, and that could lead to better health insurance for the whole company. Straight you know up. what I mean? So, like, just having that conversation. Um, I think is is important to consider yourself a friend or to consider yourself, you know, looking out for the person. It's not a it's not an easy conversation, and you can't just come in like, "Hey, bro, your breath," or "Hey, ma- or hey, ma'am, your breath is stink." Um, but I'd probably approach it by, you know, if I did have a one on one meeting, I'd say, "Hey, listen, just want to let you know, I really appreciate you know having these these times, but when we have them." Tend to get an odor that's kind of coming. That's like, uh, yeah, that I appreciate. <laughs> no, I appreciate you, you stink. <laughs> you make me want to barf. Where you could be, you could use the method. There's, there's no, there's no good way to put. There's no good way. Your, your, yeah. you have body odor and no, or you stink. You got to go straight into it, man. The best thing is because I care. I don't exactly. You know, be direct. And I would, I would hate for anybody else who may be thinking the same thing. I don't know if they are, but. I just wanted to be the one to tell you. And if I'm out of line, I apologize, but I just wanted to be able to one to let you know. Yeah, and HR wants to see you in five minutes. Straight up. Because if I that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's not I, to me, it's not this generalization, man. You gotta know people. If I know someone is extremely sensitive and I don't have to contact them frequently, I ain't gonna tell them. I I know they'll take it wrongly no right. matter how yeah. how I try to soften it it's just not right. worth it and especially my interactions aren't frequent nah man I, I'm not gonna yeah. put that yeah. person well, in there interactions. So, well I was using the context of having consistent one on one meetings right, right? So that's, if it's, your, that's not a, if it's your co-worker who sits next to you but they're actually a supervisor and you just they're constantly over your talking. team and you like constantly have to just sit frequent up that interactions. Team. But in a field of diversity and inclusion where we in, where we're no, inclusive no, of no, all backgrounds and that. I am it's no. against my religious principles oh my to goodness. use deodorant for this duration <laughs> and you have a problem with me, I'm going straight to HR. So no, I, American American Airlines just kicked off a couple uh, with their baby. Mm-hmm. They kicked them off because everyone on the plane was complaining about body odor. Mm-hmm. Right? So yes, there is a cultural uh, ability that you're able to have. However, when that cultural uh, disrupts disrupts the uh, disrupts the work environment, well, that's when it becomes a really uh, a big problem. But well, that wasn't a work HR. environment. So can we just report it to HR and that's have what HR? He's saying. he's saying go to HR. It. He's saying basically, if if I don't have the relationship with them, I don't have the right to talk to them. So I'll take it to HR. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying, I, I respect that. I'm, I'm thinking. Sorry, I've been in small business for so yeah, long now. Where you? Ain't no way. Look, man, y'all handle that on your own. <laughs> so yes, in a in a corporate uh, setting with proper HR departments and protocols, I would go directly to HR the first time or the second time that I experienced it. <laughs> Absolutely, I understand. Well, that's a, that's that's a 
that's a huge concern of mine, and it's a huge uh, annoyance because I, I feel like if you, you should be able to smell yourself. Mm. You know, a lot of people, you walk around and they just be funky for days, and you mm. be like, bro, you can't smell that? There's no way that, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I don't really know because every time I get, I mean, if I get sort of funky, I'd be like, eh. You have to smell yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can smell yourself. Like, when I come home from working or something, Adrian be like, oh, babe. Mm-hmm. And I be like, I already know this. <laughs> but, you know, you have people and they be in, uh, you know, they be in full three-piece suits oh, and just bringing the heat. And I'm just like, <laughs> bringing the heat. <laughs> How in the world did you get dressed and walk out here and, and not realize that? Bringing the heat. The, the uh, I, I think, like Brian mentioned earlier, Smells can be extremely cultural and therefore relative, right? So what I what we may deem all have the same oh, like there's some universal smells, boy. No, no, yeah, there are universal, <laughs> but right eye. But <laughs> so I, I, get you. <laughs> I experienced this when I went to to Dubai and we were on a tour bus with a tour guide. <laughs> I mean, and it was like everyone on the bus was like, "Whoa, what is?" Well, what is that? And it mm-hmm. ended up being the tour guide. And it was like, every time you got close, it just got, it was like, whoa. But then we realized there were so many people around the other vicinities who were similar. They didn't, they didn't have a problem. They just didn't. And that was, they, culturally, they have a specific odor that is, you know, I don't want to say offensive, but it's disturbing <laughs> to my nose. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> other people Absolutely. of other cultures can, you know, smell us and be like, hmm, I know that there are other cultures who I'm like, when they have a certain odor and it's like, dang, that's, you know, that smells like a wet dog. Mm-hmm. It's like, they don't really have a problem with that because they have their families and stuff and they get over it and they, they don't really have an issue. So I think a lot of the the smells can be cultural. Then you got people with highly sensitive noses like my wife where you could <laughs> smell like down the street. <laughs> it's like, you know, you need to come in and take a shower. And I didn't even get in the house yet. You know what I mean? But <laughs> just getting along on the car. So I think like I said, that, that these things can be can be relative, but to Cleet's point, there are some universal just like, you know, please go go take a bath or your breath smell. Oh, absolutely. Man, that that that, that leads me to my next question, man. Uh, because that is definitely one of my Biggest pet peeves is uh, people who close talk with stank breath and just mm. body odor that's just uh, repulsive. Um, just a generalization. You don't got to give me all of them, but just what what are some of you guys' pet peeves that you know? I mean, that you know that really gets you from zero to a hundred real quick. Driving slow in My- front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I've already experienced uh, driving with Brian. Uh, oh, if you've never boy. experienced driving with Brian, driving with Brian, don't. With Brian, don't. If you ain't, if you ain't got your, your good draws on. <laughs> so is it fast oh or slow? Oh my Brian, goodness. Brian drives fast. Oh, Brian okay. drives close up on people. <laughs> and Brian gets angry immediately. And X. <laughs> yes. I know he's a better man now, but my wife, she told me a story one time. <laughs> Yeah, we were, we were driving. I will not name the location. Somebody did something, and the car went into park. <laughs> On the road? On the road. Oh, That's as far as I'll go with it. <laughs> it went into park. I said, what are you doing? visiting the car. Oh, I'm nowhere doing that. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm nowhere doing that. But I made it home safely. Uh, 
I think oh, Clean uh, Bay have you beat uh, several. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would stop. I don't know. Going to a park? <laughs> he didn't go to the park. Uh, okay, so <laughs> which one do you want to go to? Some universal sign. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the past, in the past, somebody say long time somebody ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Long. And a few beeps. <laughs> long time ago. Yeah, glad Sabrina ain't here. Yeah, sure. Sabrina, <laughs> Sabrina called him one time because she was on the phone. <laughs> she said, What you said? She <laughs> 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 said, Long time ago. Long time ago. Woo. Praise God. Oh, uh, no. But yeah, man, they just happened yesterday, man. This person is driving slow. It's like, I feel like it's, it's intentional. I feel like it's personal. Like, they, they calling me out and they doing it on purpose. Like, and then they blocking me. Just, I get so angry. Uh, so quick. <laughs> so, yeah. That one, that's what the baby was right there. Man. What you got, though? Pet peeves. Um... I can only think of one right now. I'm sure that there's several others, but one of my number one pet peeves is throwing away garbage on top of garbage. Oh, yeah. When the trash can is overflowing (laughs) and you just hit your garbage and you put it there, like slide in on the corner. As soon as the wind blows, this is going to be all over the place. Just taking it back out. Walk out. I mean, this is every environment. This is at home. This is at work. This is at church. <laughs> it's like I can, I just can't stand coming to it. I just get so, and I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna take this out. And in my mind, like you say, I'm taking it personally. Who comes to the garbage can? You move everybody else's trash so you can input your trash, and then you don't do nothing with it. So that the next person who's coming behind you, and they put something down, it's all just gonna come tumbling down. It's just, it's just disgusting. Oh, that's, that's funny. Um, like Al's, mine would tie back into like body order. I hate going into like a female restroom and just the Ah. scent of, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, know, female odors, you know, you know, smell kind of seafoody, you know, I just (laughs) literally gag, you know, where I got to like, use use the restroom. What you got, Melanie? You get the point. That that definitely is, is, you know, I just, you know, got like females, like, you know, like. Mm-hmm. You, you you know your smell. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I agree one hundred percent with Kim. No, yes. no sense. Yes. I also hate um, a pet peeve is smackers. Like when you're chewing your food and you're loud, <laughs> so obnoxious. So what you're saying is you hate black people. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. No, 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 no. You don't need to be loud with it. Ugh. Smackers. <laughs> no, she trying Chew to with your mouth closed. It's calling out your whole family. Go ahead, leave the room. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I don't have many pet peeves, but before I address this conversation, I have to address your wife's commentary about my driving. <laughs> oh, there we go. Or that particular instance. I, I recall it very vividly. Sure you do. I recall it vividly. I was younger. I was younger. I didn't. I, I wasn't mature ago. as I was. Absolutely. Yeah, that was actually that was actually a pivotal moment in my in my maturation process. I haven't done that since then. Because you have you've done it multiple times. Oh, prior to that, <laughs> man, see, you gotta understand, man. Growing up in the rural South, you disrespect is a huge yeah, yeah, form. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's contention. So you know, I always felt that people feel somewhat <clears throat> safe behind their vehicle. vehicle, like, oh, we gonna come to a red light, <laughs> and as soon as we get there, I, and this is how we grew up, I throw it in park. 
but you got to say now. Yeah. And so that was that was like that was a common part of growing up. Good thing with I was such a good My brothers, my siblings. That, that, that's how we grew up. No, we ain't no, you know. So you're not protected. And so that was the last time I did. I felt real bad afterwards. I was like, man, I could have had somebody else killed and could have got myself hurt. I'm like, I can't do that anymore. Especially now you see on the news, man, people going crazy. So yeah, it ain't worth it. So yeah, I was younger. I was younger. But thank God he covered us. Hey, amen. Um, everybody that was in the car. Yeah, but, <laughs> but she ain't trying to stop me though, Bert. She ain't trying to stop me. Car <laughs> opened the door, do the whole thing. She, she was, was like, I "Go was, get him, was, get him, no, get him." No, no. I, was I was like, "What are you doing? Are we doing this? Get Is this real?" Chilly me on, Bert. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah, pet peeves. Uh, I try not to take a lot of stuff personal, so. I don't have too many pet peeves. Stuff that I get annoyed with, but nothing nothing I can really identify as a pet peeve. Ten four, man. I'm glad you uh, overcame your uh, your car anger, man. I, mm. I appreciate it because, uh, man, like, I tell you, boy, I had to make sure my drawers is clean every time. <laughs> Brian, Brian will Brian will get within Inches. two footsteps of a vehicle, <laughs> and then hit the left signal and change lanes and change lanes without looking to the left <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he get next to him and just be like look at that look at that look at that look at that so driving is an yeah. art and driving is a science yeah, man, you, you can be down, defensive or offensive I am a I stellar it. driver <laughs> um, you know, thank God, no accidents. But you have to be you know constantly on the offense and the defense I got you, man. when driving. Very aggressive. Especially on I four. Well got, said, man? brother. I say like uh, Brian. Maybe not a whole lot of pet peeves, but I am annoyed by a lot of things. Not no. I'm just looking that way. Not <laughs> like, you. <what> I do? <laughs> Driving is one of the things. I, I it just aggravates oh, me. People man. who don't drive, Ooh. who don't move, won't get out of the way. If I see oh, you on your on. phone, I'm now, laying on getting, the horn. We get in arguments every time we go somewhere, and it's a long distance. Because my wife, I can't deal with it. My wife will have commentary <laughs> for everybody <laughs> in the car, as if they and could hear. screaming at them. The other, oh my gosh, what are you doing? I bet she on the phone. I'm like, how do you know it's a <laughs> we can't even okay, see let's it. let's let's dial it. So you're talking, you're having a conversation with them, right? It's oh, therapeutic. Yes, right? it's therapeutic for me. Yeah. It's therapeutic yeah. for me yeah. because what I'm doing is trying to assess the situation that's yeah. happening yeah. and trying to help myself out so that I can maneuver properly. Are, are you assessing them? So so when someone starts arguing you with assuming? you about what you talking to someone else about, that's kind of crazy. I'm talking no, to No, it's them. not crazy because I'm sitting in the back seat <laughs> and I'm holding on to the whip, holding on to the, the, the armrest. But we're not like, talking to you. Babe, we're talking to the you, person that's babe, acting crazy. Why are you crazy. yelling at them? They can't babe, hear why you. Why are you driving so fast? Why are you so close to them? Babe, why are you getting over right now? You know we're going to turn right here that we just passed the exit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds about right. Oh. No. Sounds like someone else at the table has this experience. How are you doing, uh, Cleet the Geek? Yes, yes, yes. I'm just saying. So if I'm if someone's acting <laughs> acting a fool on the road, I'm talking to them. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then someone's like, "Oh, they're just doing this." Whoa! I was talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having an argument with them. Me and you so are cool. You're mad at your spouse. Well, yeah, me and the spouse arguing. You and bring you down. Yeah, no, well, I, I, well, I'm yeah. having an argument with the person, and I'm be done. I'm gonna say, I, you know, don't you crazy? Whatever. I, I finish my argument and I'm done. But then she'll defend the, the person that, that's not even talking. Because you know what? I, I want to comment on this uh, matter because um, I too am a stellar driver. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and. 
you know, 90% of the time, the other drivers are in the right. Oh, and wow. um, somebody, has, somebody has done something illegal and then gets mad at the other party who's doing their family due diligence. Me. Family beat. Family beat. <laughs> with the road laws. Like, how are you going to get mad with them following the laws? Like, I just don't understand. There's a, uh, like, why they going 60 in the 60 mile bar was over? <laughs> There's a comedian um, who said that he had a line. He said, you ever notice how everyone who drives slower than you is an idiot? And everyone that drives faster than it's you crazy. is a butthole. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. when you think about it, it's like really you're either one of two things at all times. This person need to drive. Whoa, why are you driving so fast? So I think you know, there's only perfect driver when we're on the road. Most of the time, is going to be ourselves. We don't trust anybody else on the road. So for you angry drivers, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm only angry when somebody's in the way. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Which That's is, don't be in Unless because you're the whole driving point, at 3 o'clock in the morning. The whole point be for in. being on the road is driving. And if you're not driving, you shouldn't be on the road. Yeah, you're walking. Are you walking in your car? <laughs> well, drive a, your car. Okay. Drive. Moving. Don't be on your cell phones. Don't be having a conversation. <laughs> well, y'all live some angry lives. You're going to get angry over the I'm extremely angry. Well, my man, my biggest happy is uh, something that we all at this table have had to deal with. And and some of us are even going through it right now. It's that um, for those of us that have experienced the, the wood or tile floors, <laughs> y'all know that sound at 2.30 in the morning of little feet. <laughs> oh, tap, 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 tap. Oh, oh gosh. Stand at the foot of the bed. <laughs> Or they'll come over to you and stare you in your face. And scare you. Scare you. And Weirdo. Scare you. Yeah, I, Throw you and, across and, the room. And then, <laughs> they say, you do. Can I get in the bed with you? <laughs> and as and as parents, we have got we had got to the point where it was so bad that neither one I ain't moving. Mm-mm. I just sit there now and I, I pretend like I don't hear nothing. <laughs> so they just go straight to Adrian's yes, side. Yes, that's a pet peeve. And mm-hmm. And then they get in the bed. So mm-hmm. my question to, to everybody is, what is the age or what is the right way to wean a kid off of getting in the bed with you? And, and what point did you get to that situation? Or have you not even gotten to that situation yet to where you're capable of keeping them in their own bed? I can tell you right now, we are not capable right now. Okay, Because <laughs> uh, we are literally like at nighttime, we're like, done for the day okay we are yeah. out cold and i ain't arguing with right now it's like paris right now <laughs> you know whereas she when she was a little younger you know she used to cry until somebody comes in there but yeah. now she just walks out yeah walks you don't hear room. her feet you hear her cry <laughs> yeah she winds all, all the way, the way to all the way room. to the room and then just gets in you know <laughs> and then go right to sleep i'm like <laughs> and then aiden now he's older like he has his times where mm-hmm. like he'll sleep in his room but then there are times where like he's like night ninja like he comes in you won't hear nothing until you wake up and you're like how'd you get here like he just zombie on your shoulder yeah but right now we're powering through it gotcha 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 <laughs> oh one more thing about it sometimes he's like he wakes me he's like hey can can you get the cover can uh, can i get that pillow right there <laughs> Dude, you act like you this is <laughs> why you, you left your like, bed with the pillow. He's like, Paris is laying right there. I can't, I can't, I can't. Can you move her over? <laughs> you, you have a full bed over here, but dude. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, man. Definitely would love to hear the Smiths take on this because I know y'all try to, y'all try to, y'all try to um, 
implement discipline in your household. But at the same time, I know y'all uh, softies and Merlo ain't getting up. No. Nah, yeah, we ain't got that problem. <laughs> Thank God, we ain't got that problem. Our our bed is 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 restricted. It reaches its capacity with two men. Outside of that, that's it. So thank God, yeah, we you know nah, we ain't got man, that problem. Nah, now they will come in, but they they get escorted right back to the room. <laughs> See, I used, we used to do that. Man. Yeah, that's I the only like, way. I'm like, man, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna take him. But you know, walking across the whole house to go put him in the bed. Now nah, I'm like, man, too much. Nah, just yeah, yeah, just just get in the bed. Get in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, me. Yeah, I'm. Well, exactly what he said. We're we just got to the point where we just. We're consistently telling them no, so it's just no. They don't do it. You know, Libby. Are you, are you saying we or is Brian the one getting? Up? <laughs> no. Oh, Brian's good when I got up, but oh, okay. <laughs> she said no from the bed. Yeah, no. no from the bed. No, you know, and Brian will take him back. Um, Libby is in her pack and play, so she she just goes to sleep. She didn't. Mm-hmm. She didn't fight. Oh, see, that was the good life. Yeah, when Victoria you can fought a little into bit. A little, a little baby cage. Mm-hmm. That's baby all. Cage. Just, yeah. just baby cage. Just get down there. All you can do is stand up. Yeah. See, but our kids, it used to be so bad because, um, who was it? Um, was it? Who, all which, three. Well, all, yeah, all three of them. You know, we had the pack and play next to the bed. Yeah. We had the co-sleeper or whatever. Co-sleeper, yeah. And uh, when we did put them down in the, uh, the pack and play type thing, that part, when they got out of the age of having to sleep next to us, um, they would just stand up. <laughs> 3 a.m., 3 a. just stand up. Mom, <laughs> and would not stop talking. Daddy, daddy, and so it, it just, and then you know, you think you can wait it out and be like, man, I just ain't gonna move. That eventually it's gonna lay down. No, nah, bro. Nah, nah. Three hours strong. They just sit there, just yapping. <laughs> three, so three hours strong. Like, is it just, just get in and put it in the bed, man. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go to work in two hours. <laughs> our kids has, our kids have mastered the cough cry. <laughs> yeah. They literally like the low guard. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like you just started crying. Why are you coughing? Like, and I didn't insane. realize it until my brain brought it to my attention. Like, Paris doesn't like the Aiden. Exact same yeah. way. They're like, what did they get? They this practice. From? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. All right, this is how we gonna do it. Jeez, uh, what London and Nolan, man, this is. Uh, yeah, no, y'all tried. Y'all tried to be the parents that were still able to shut your door. Yeah. So now we have to we have to graduate to locking the door. Um, <laughs> because Nolan will figure it Nolan out. Nolan will. Nolan just walks in like it's his room. Um, London, at least, and see the thing is, you mentioned like little feet. My kids don't have little feet. They have oh, yeah. heavy feet. Yeah, flat, so you're flat you're, get up, and all of a sudden you hear. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> It's like, oh crap! This is about to happen. They come in the room. There's no questions, um, and 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 like like the Smiths, you know, my wife does not respond <laughs> at night. So um, it's either one of a couple requests. It's, uh, Daddy, can I have some juice? Right, and I'm like, no, go to bed. Um, or literally, I, I wake up. Sometimes I, you know, I, I'll tell Nolan to go back to sleep, and then I'll wake up. Like three in the morning, I'm like, dang, what? Is, my chest feel like it's caving in, and Nolan is just like dead weight right here on my chest, <laughs> and it's oh. the most miserable feeling in the world because y'all know you know how hard it is to get up with dead weight 
on you and trying to like lift your core muscles. It's just like, yeah, no, you might as well weigh 150 pounds Absolutely. at that point. So, um, London and she doesn't sleep, um, peacefully, right? So we get the whole, you know, moving, moving. and then she wants to be underneath you and then she wants to be on top of your face and then she's crawling up and it's, just a very, very terrible experience at night. So to prevent this, um, I, 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 I have to get up. I have to get up and take them to, take them to bed. If I, if they get into bed and I don't notice, which is, which is rare, um, I'll get up and I'll put them back. Yeah. Okay, we can do this. Uh, there have been times I did to Nolan at least four times uh, at night, and, he, and he's come back in, in the morning. He's like, "Who keeps putting me in my bed?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you in your not working. So it, it's 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 definitely it's a it's not fun when it's like three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um it's fun to look at afterwards and, and laugh, but I, I really want to get to the point like the Smiths where you just realize like, hey bro, sorry, you have a bed. Right. You have a bed. Yeah. Go sleep unless sure it's a nightmare or something like that. Like yeah. Yeah. that's got, happened like once or twice. But two down. Jeez, man. Yeah. Well, they grow out of it. I, uh, hope, eventually. I hope so. I, it's usually around the kindergarten phase. But I think, you know, for us, my biggest thing was if I say go back, I've got to know in my head that they can safely return back. And I'm not laying there wondering, where are you? Yeah. Did you go to your room? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? No, no one will go watch TV. Maybe right. Just something to go back. <laughs> so but they do grow out of it eventually. They get the no sometimes. But yeah. other times, I I just can't. Well, I, I can't even move. Love to get personal. No, like, can't I, move. I'm telling you, bro. I just Adrian. No, I I sit there and I won't budge at all. And they now, won't I even hear, go to his side. I hear everything when the, when the door cracks, when the feet come in, when the when the if a smoke alarm, um, the battery get low the overnight. Church. I hear it. And, <laughs> <laughs> see, I have to evaluate this, the situation to see if it's something. That I actually have to that needs my attention, or if I can just stay here and pretend like I'm still asleep. Yeah. So the majority of the time, the kids don't even come to my side because they know I'm just gonna sit there and they ain't they ain't giving them no attention. If they ain't crying, if you ain't uh, if you don't feel threatened and you just want to get in the bed. Yep. And I make them mad and I just throw them on his side. <laughs> <laughs> Take them and throw them in the bed. At this Good. point, you know we we basically about to fight and come to fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already upset, but um, yeah, man, that's whew, that's one of those situations where you you really, if you don't have a plan, you'll find yourself in pure frustration, or you'll be like the most of us and just you just gave in yeah. and just decided that sleep is better. Sleep. And, oh. You'll deal with it the next time it happened, but it's the next day. Deal with it. That was my issue. I told myself for a little bit because Nolan wasn't a. He didn't used to come in the middle of the night. He used to always stay in his bed. Now he had like a slew of nightmares that might have lasted like two weeks, where he would get up crying. That stopped, and then from there he decided, oh okay. When he got to when he got to kindergarten is when it really started. I'm like, wow. dude, like, no, buddy. come on, like, you know. And it, for for me, it's fine until like when I val- I truly value the sleep that I get at night. Absolutely. And when I wake up in the morning and I feel like I'm out of breath, it's not <laughs> an enjoyable process. <laughs> cool, cool, yeah, yeah. I, I, in all honesty, that's oh man, it's a subject that we definitely don't want to continue in our life and like I said we got we got two out and we got one we we still in the struggle with mm-hmm. but I got I got to shift y'all in this direction and it's going to get a little 
it's gonna get a little dicey and hopefully none of us are actually going through this situation right now but i i heard when i read up read up on it it was it made me a little curious to try to figure out why this is and um what i'm talking about is in a recent study they found that women are now leading in extramarital affairs by more than 40 percent over, you know, of course, what, you know, men used to be the leader in that category. But my question to everybody is, you know, uh, with, with that being said, why do y'all think that that is right now? You know, of course, I have I have some uh, some ideas that that may not be true for every situation that's going on. But just want to throw it out there to see what y'all what I mean. Why do y'all think that that's happening right now? I think that statistic needs to be challenged. Yeah. I don't believe that at one point men were the, the dominating force in that area. I just think, I believe that women well, of course, could have... It's, it's not a, a 100% accurate <clears throat> study because it's just a survey. So, yes, there could be a, error of, uh, a room for error as far as, you know, people may not be telling the truth or, you know, things like that. But well, I'm, I'm talking about simply in terms of women could have been doing it just as long as men been doing it. We just right. don't know. We're, we're ignorant. Very much so. And we think that, okay, well, while she's to the party. <clears throat> while we, exactly, we at work doing our thing. Oh, yeah, she's just at home cooking. Well, yeah, I mean, the gardener. All of us, <laughs> whoever like, coming to the crib. The you know we've always heard the statement that, you know, men men are dumb when they cheat. They're going to the ones to get caught. The women, they do it on the low and they don't never get caught. So, you know, we grew up, especially as guys, we grew up hearing that all the time. But just going off of this study alone, without setting any additional parameters like what what makes you think that now is more open and it's it's you know they're actually admitting to it let's just say that because before the studies would say that the women would say no I'm not or the guys would say yes I am and and and, and so forth but now it's come to the forefront that yeah women are just saying hey I'm yeah it happened and this is the reason why I think it's per- per- perception right the perception when a guy cheats or, or do does something like that, or he's just being a dude. I mean, the whole perception around women in the U.S. and, and I'm happy about this is it's changing because for so long they have been um, put down as a, a second class citizen because in this white male dominated society that we live in and they had no voice right that's why so many sexual assaults took place that's why so many rapes took place but now women are starting to startly finally starting to get the platform where they actually have a voice that matters um and because of that it's like as, as that empowerment continues to grow um where the stigma was at some point if you are a dude that sleeps with many people you're you just a you know you're a player player but if you're a woman that does the same thing you know, you're about it, or you're a, um, you know, a, <laughs> a whoremonger. Um, but now it's like women are like, I don't care if you can do it, I can do it too. And that 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 narrative is being accepted widely more. So, like I said, I don't think it's always been something where women can do it more. I think it's always been happening, but now it's being more accepted. It's like, all right, well, a dude is more willing. You know, you, you got a husband, that's okay. I don't want no responsibilities anyway. And our wife is, gets to the point where it's like, look, I'm having an affair. What's up? You know, and, and she is, you know, being, wives are more, can be more breadwinners now, right? So you'll, not can be, but they are, they are making more now, have the opportunity to have these higher leadership positions where it's like, I don't need a man to sustain me. So I think that that's one of the main reasons why it's happening. Now, at the end of the day, all these people need Jesus. 
you get into marriage, right. like stay in your yeah. marriage. Yeah. Um, right now, marriages are being treated as relationships where, oh, I get married to someone in a year and a half. It's like, yeah, we had unreconcilable differences. What kind of unreconcilable differences did you have right. in two years that you didn't have two years ago? It's like you're new, but, you know, without, as we all know, without counseling and without um, being led in the right direction on, on how to how to see your wife and, and how to treat your wife and, and, and vice versa, how a wife treats her husband and how to see your husband these things are going to happen. So right. that's my comprehensive answer to your question. I was going to agree with Wayne um, saying like, you know, it's a different day and age yeah. right now where women are more confident in their, with their voice. So, you know, like Wayne said, like, you know, I don't care what anybody's going to say. Like, yeah, men could do it. You know, so can I, I mean, look at like um, the R and B single singer, K Michelle, like she's straight, straight up. That's all she sings about. You know, yeah. So, <clears throat> whereas like back in the day, like our grandparents, you know, not to say like it wasn't happening with women, like you know, having extramarital affairs, but like they were not as uh, vocal, vocal with it, you know. So, yeah, right. I Did agree. I agree. Um, I think for me, the way I look at it is, it seems as if it's somewhat generational. It's it's how. Um, like the boldness, right? I would say typically the thought is that the woman is strong, the woman, you know, doesn't step outside or the woman tries to hold things together. But um, from generation to generation, you have this different boldness. And a lot of it probably has to do with social media and everybody being exposed to so many different things. Um, But it's like, I don't have to take this. So it's a different... It's a, it's a different um, take on how things are and how things used to be. Like she was saying, Kim was saying, um, with your grandparents, th- no matter what, they stood strong and they wouldn't, yeah. they wouldn't bend. Uh-huh. Now is this confidence and this boldness. Like, I don't have to take this. I don't, I don't have to do it. So I'm going to do what I want to do. And like Wayne was saying, it has a lot to do with teaching and yeah. your example that's before you. But a lot of people have that boldness where they just don't care. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. Very true, very true. Um, go ahead, Rose, my bad. No, no, I actually have nothing else to add. I mean, everybody hit it on the head. I, I agree that women feel more empowered um, right. yeah. nowadays. You know, they feel like they have a voice. They don't want to be a victim anymore. Mm. So it's like, well, it's already happened. You know, whether they know their spouse was cheating, so now they're like, they don't care. They want, you know, they're going to do what they want to do. So I definitely think it's, um, you know, with the feminism out there and just feeling like they're stronger than they were before, and of course, social media, seeing things out there um, that they just don't want to be a victim anymore. So they're like, okay, I can do it too. Even if it's wrong, they yeah. can do it too. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got nothing? You got nothing? Got none. <laughs> got none. Yeah. B, what you think, man? Nah, similar, <clears throat> similar sentiments. Uh, societally, times have changed, um, quite frankly. Um, you know, infidelity... Sexual promiscuity has is nothing new under the sun, so it's been going on for a long time. I think now, uh, like everyone's alluded to, times have changed. There, uh, we inherently live in a misogynistic environment. You know, coming up, it was always the wife's duty to be the noble uh, pillar of the family, so to speak. We would accept infidelity from men as that's just a man being a man. That's a guy being a guy. That's what they do. Um, when in actuality that wasn't true, but again, who controlled the narrative? 
men did. Right. So, mm-hmm. of course, it was easy to uh, to somewhat soften any types of infidelity or misbehavior on the part of men while at the same time demonizing women for doing the same thing. So the narrative of shit has shifted. So men don't control the narrative as they once did. Um, I think even the Gillette commercial, which infuriated a lot of men, right. uh, harps on, you know, on some of the, the changes in behavior, the Me Too movement, uh, the overall acknowledgement of, of women as to, you know, their, their place in society, you know, now challenging those uh, perceptions that w- were once pervasive. Again, now they, they have more of a voice. And so, you know, again, they can say, shoot, hey, they do it. So can we, you know, equality, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. Um, again, again, you can look at the, the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of the validity in marriage. Again, man, none of this stuff is new, but I think, you know, opportunities now, you got more women in the workforce now. So um, now you have the uh, an ability to, because I think one study said that the majority of men who cheat, cheat with someone they know. Right. So at work, which is, I heard, one of the, uh, the, the most common places. So now you have more women in the workplace. So now women now have that same opportunity. So I think it's it's a lot of factors, but uh, socialization to me is, is is the big difference. And you know, women have a voice now. They have, uh, you know, a, a different say in how society views them. Which you know, it, it's which I believe is great for women. Of course, the the statistic is not good for men or women. But you know, I think you know time has changed. Yeah, I I, I agree with everybody's point. Um, from what from my perspective, I feel like. Um, a lot of it has to do with the men of today, meaning that a lot of men they're no longer they're no longer focused on what's most important. You know, everybody's trying to be, you know, everybody's now is is you know. Now I'm not saying back in the days we weren't looking for style, weren't looking for fashion, or looking for flash. But I think nowadays a lot of these guys they spend more time trying to pretend what they do have. Versus on working on what they have at home. And um, I think money is definitely a huge issue. And then that goes back to the men not having the, the wherewithal or the, the, the emotional stability to understand that, yeah, my wife makes more money than me, but that doesn't make me less of a man. And uh, we as a society now, like I say, you know, you have these, these younger kids and they always see, you know, they see their favorite this guy on TV or that guy on TV or or whatever. And um, I think they've forgotten that, you know, I mean, your 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 financial stability doesn't determine who you are. And um, so I think a lot of times when you're at home and your wife is breaking, you know, she's bringing more money home than you. You find yourself in a situation where now you are in competition with your wife and I could tell you, um, well, I can't tell you, but I, could, I would say that a lot of times, uh, uh, a lot of the arguments that in most marriages is always over the finances. So if you already feel inferior, that's going to be an everyday argument. So I think a lot of times uh, these new guys nowadays and people nowadays in this new society, we start pushing women to go, you know, you know, well, not necessarily pushing them, but almost encouraging them. To look elsewhere because, you know, uh, most women, my wife would tell you, she, I mean, if you just, she wants to be treated well, she wants to be respected, she wants to feel loved when she comes home, uh, she just, you know, wants somebody to listen to her, and if all I want to do is, is be contentious because I feel inferior to you, and uh, I think that's, I think that's a lot of the problems right now is that we, 
uh, nowadays people are in more of a competition versus a, a, a union, a civil union, well, not a civil union, but a, a, a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think um, kind of it's good for you to bring the other end of that perspective because what everyone is saying, the woman uh, more than ever is more empowered just from the access to information. So they didn't know that they can have a voice uh, mm-hmm. that they have today. Um, so as a result, you know, they, they're challenging the status quo. Um, and, and then you got, once again, you got the man on the other end who, who, who's, who's uh, interacting with this. And it's like, wow, women are taking a lot of the jobs that were easy for me to get back in the day. Um, and not saying a young person is taking that, but that's just what's happened generationally. Generationally, a uh, male would have came out of school um, out of college and got a, got a job real easily. Now he's competing with a woman that can do his job ten times better. Right. You know, um, and that might not always be the case, but now women have have gotten that respect, and and it's still. I don't think we're we're where we need to be. It's still, um, you know, it's still a, a long ways to go where there's still women not being paid the same that men are being paid to do the same job. So mm-hmm. that's still happening. I'm not saying we're there yet, but. Um, yeah, I think just, you know, uh, just to add to the conversation, I think women just are more empowered. And and with that more empowerment, it comes with, you know, these changing of numbers. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like I don't have to sit here and wait for you to come home. I'll go and, you know, I'll go talk, go have me a couple of dudes, too, or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go have a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, right? Or, or I don't even want to be married. You know, you got some women more than ever that they don't care to... Uh, they don't care to have kids like that. You, right. You're having that more yeah, than yeah, you've never. Later and later, women are like, you know, I'm going to put off kids until I'm Come 35. On. Yeah. Until I'm yeah, that never was the like, case. Oh, man. Yeah, so different well, society. When I'm 60. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, I, I just, socialization, man. So, like I say, times have changed. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's not, and that's what I think we should be careful that we don't justify infidelity. Mm-hmm. Right. But we, Understand that societally it's changed, just like you were just talking about. I mean, even birthing a child. You can have a child at 14 at a certain period, but right. as time progressed, we made it 18, or now after you're married, and now it's once you graduated college and you're stable. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's you know, not seeking to justify infidelity, men, women, right. it's both wrong. Yeah. But societally, times have changed, and what we as a, si- a society agree to and accept, yeah. you know, it, it changes for better or for worse. Well, what my um, well, let me add a, another question in there. Do you think that how much of it uh, should I say? How much of it do you think that the internet has pushed a larger strain on the marriage? Like, I know um, my question is, you know, is like you have marriages where there's a lot of time where one or both spouses spend a lot of time with their device, you know, and no longer communicating. <laughs> you know, face to face, but, you know, you have one spouse that comes home and spends, you know, six, seven hours just sitting on the computer, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, even if it's something that they, you know, that they're thinking, uh, thinking of, you know, writing, but, you know, do you guys believe that, you know, social media and the internet has put a, a huge strain on the marriages of today? Yeah, I think it puts a strain on any relationship, honestly, I think. Um, too much of something is not good. So I think, um, and in this, in in terms of relationship, I mean, you got to think about most of the time that the time that a person might have in the privacy of their home, they could spend 
together talking and getting to know each other. But now you you have a device that gives you a doorway and a gateway into a whole another world without leaving right. your home. So, uh, a loss oh, of reality. Yeah. So it absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely t- interferes. I think it don't have to be a bad thing, though. I think, um, you know, obviously that's something that the, the 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 couple would have to come into agreement with on, you know, how how they're using it, even why you're using it, and you know, and and making sure that it don't interfere with the relationship. But yeah, I think it's it definitely brings up <laughs> a problem that wasn't there before for our parents. Yeah. I don't slightly disagree with that thought process. I think that social media is simply another tool that can be used for good, but the faculty of not spending time and not communicating uh, has been one that's been around for years, right? So um, I'm I'm really big. Exactly. Um, I've been really looking into stuff happening during the Cold War and stuff like that. Don't, don't, you know. Call me. Don't judge me. Call <laughs> 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 uh, me. But and you see, and, I, and I've just been like, what I've been researching, like, what do you, what did you do during that time? And what people started to do during that time, they would overwork themselves, right? So they would spend, and then especially men would spend an enormous amount of time at work, right. therefore not coming home to right. doing anything and Engage. still not communicating. Right. The wives would go out and they'd be doing their errands. They would It would be more housewives and things during this time, mm-hmm. but they fill their days with doing all this stuff. Yes, they do have time for a family dinner, but after family dinner, everyone's going to bed. There's still mm-hmm. not that opportunity to, to connect. So I think regardless, it's going to be between the man and the woman to make the time to communicate, it's just there. It's like that whole gun control debate. Do guns kill people or do people kill people? Well, if I had less guns, people, you know, we wouldn't kill people. But if you had regulations on the people, then less crazy people would get guns. So I think that... Stop promoting your pro-Second Amendment <laughs> agenda, you like, NRA card-holding member. <laughs> Always infusing the <laughs> Second Amendment right into any conversation. Listen, got a fellow oh, Republican here. I apologize, guys. <laughs> Please ask uh, Brian Smith if, if he owns a weapon under the Second Amendment. Okay. No. Okay. But that's the thing. It's like this is this is a tool. But before not before guns, there were knives. Before knives, there were stones. Right. So it's just another tool. Crazy people are going to use this instrument to bring about destruction in in regards to social media, or they can use it, like please say, as a gateway into another world. This is a way that we can dream. We can see things that we never saw before. Mm. We can really experience things. I love looking at Thrillist, which is a travel thing on on social media when Mm. they take you to all these places around the world that I would have never seen like just in, in that experience there's videos and there's music it's like you can really paint some time meditating and going to do these things so it has a lot of good and it does connect you with people um, but if you're if you're not using the faculty of communication right, right. in marriage just just gonna throw it down the right I think it has a I think it has good and I think it has bad and I think it all depends on the person the level of maturity because you know you think back in the day you can sit at home and you can think about the things that are happening in other homes. What might be good and what might be bad from the comparison standpoint. You know, you don't like to compare, mm-hmm. but, you know, all you did back then was wonder. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what makes them happy. I wonder what's keeping them together. Social media exposes things that are good and not good. 
Because one, you look at a situation and it looks like everybody's so happy and so great. And then if you're not mature to understand that, oh, that that's nothing. It's just the highlights. It's it, right. Right. You take it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You take it in the wrong sense. So sometimes having that exposure to those things can affect relationships in different ways. Now, the relationships are already, you know, having relationships have always had issues. Right. Like you said, whether it's not communicating, it's TV, it's this, that or the other. But I think that social media does create another platform for people oh. to see mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. of other people. <laughs> You know, so platform. I can't <laughs> talk with my hand. Yes, preacher, preacher. But yeah, I just yeah. I, I think it. I like that. Snort, man. Yeah. <laughs> she, she oh, yeah. It's a revelation. Yeah. Okay. It helps you. It helps you understand what I am trying to articulate. No, but yeah, I, I think you know it. It gives a lot of exposure into things that make people think that. A life of someone else is better, mm-hmm. yeah. uh-huh. and it may not yeah. actually be true. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, and so, yeah. instead of you focusing on what's important because of your level of maturity and understand, handle your business in your own house, and stop trying to compare Ooh. yourself to somebody else, uh-huh. then you're looking at social media, come on. and thinking there's a greener grass come on, on the other come side, on. Come and, on. It's, and it's really not because uh-huh. if you were there with them, you would see uh, that's somewhere. fake. It's phony. Yeah. They're yeah. trying to give you the bright points of their life, but they're not giving you the real deal. Right. Yeah, that they're yeah. experiencing the same type of things that you are. And, you know, I don't know. That's just my take on it. I agree with um, Adrian. That's what I was going to, you know, harping on as well. Like social media gives you, you know, it has its good and bad, of course. But, you know, you have to like know yourself. These things that people are showcasing on social media are just the highlights. Like, you know, there's even people we know that we went to school with, you know, oh, they're highlighting, oh, you know, we tra- We don't have no kids right now. We're traveling. Yeah, right. We got good, uh, you know, <laughs> positions. And these people are no longer married. Right. You know? Yeah. So, you know, it's just the highlights. Yeah, it makes you, know, you unhappy. And know yourself. <laughs> you get unhappy for no reason. It's like right. You would have never been unhappy had you been exposed to that information. Mm-hmm. So... Again, here's another anti-take, right? Comparison breeds discontent. Right. Regardless. Mm-hmm. Whether you see it on social media or whether Bob comes to the office telling you about, you know, how he just came off of his 14-day trip mm-hmm. uh, to, to China hey, with Bob. his wife. Right? <laughs> you know, like, you're, you're going to have that opportunity for to to lust after what somebody else has. Right. So I think what it does say, like, what, what the two of you are saying is, like, it does take maturity, maturity. to look at it. And be like, okay, well, I could be happy for this person and not get angry. And if if we can't do that, then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm just not going to expose myself to that because I cannot, I can't deal with it. Well, that's what she's saying. I mean, so right. it's an intrusion on your privacy in a sense. So if I go to work, I interact with Bob and he tells me this information. But what happens with social media, this stuff comes into my bedroom. Just from me scrolling. Like, I'm minding my business. I'm scrolling. Now mm-hmm. I see all of this stuff. I wouldn't have been exposed to this outside of social media. If I'm looking at somebody on TV, in our minds growing up, you did something to get to TV. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you won this contest. Oh, you're an actor. You're whatever. But now this is everyday people yeah. who yeah. I would have never yeah. known what you're doing in your life. But right. now I'm in my bedroom. And I'm looking, whoa, look at you. You're jumping out of a plane. Now I have this thing. I have to... But you said this is the highlights, right? So it's the most extreme things people are doing. So then you're like, now you have to, in your mind, battle this thing and say, okay, let me look at this and say, uh, I don't need, you know, you have to deal with the whole comparison thing. So she's saying 
that's the challenge it brings to the marriage. It brings where before you didn't have that that challenge in a marriage. You would you would have those exposures. You know, you go to your friend's house, you go to work or whatever. But now you're minding your business in your home. You just open your phone and boom, here you go. Now you got to deal with these thoughts because these things are on your device. Right. So you know, the the you know personally the uh, frequency of the the opportunities. Yeah. Increase definitely yeah. with right. with social media, but I think that allowing it to come into your bedroom is a choice, well, right? It's, so a, it's not arguing about the choice. The question is, is social media becoming affecting it? Affecting. Yeah. So it, right. it has an opportunity to affect it. If you don't it take the mature route, then you're going to say, "Oh shoot, we're not doing. We, why are we ain't jumping out of plane?" <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Right. So, but so it's like it's like. Every every uh, thing that's created can have a a uh, a good intention behind it, but it also can cause a lot of detriments, right? right so that's true right. of any it's a computer, right? It makes yeah. people lazy because now TV. you're not thinking. TV. A calculator, yeah, yeah. right? Everything. You're not you're not yeah. you don't know how to how many people don't know how to count because yeah, how many people don't know everybody's phone number anymore? Right, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So you do it does have that convenience factor, but at the same time, it does have the opportunity to present its challenges. Yeah. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, I mean, I can admit between me and Brian, I am the one that's usually, you know, stuck to my phone a lot. Mm. Um, so what you're saying mm. is you need to be on punishment. No, no, no. <laughs> me too, Merlotti. Me too. Me too. Hashtag me too. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. you know, I, I admit that, you know, um, earlier this year, you know, so me and Brian. Do yes, we are going to do better. Um, hashtag moments. me too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Brian and I do have these talks on what we want each other to work on. Um, usually, you know, for the year or whatever. And for me, it is, you know, just being on my phone. So what you're saying is you haven't listened. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not so saying I'm that. No, I'm saying. What I'm saying is, no, I'm actually working. I've identified the problem. There you go. I've Step admitted one. the problem. Step one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, but I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, social media just. <laughs> Does have it has its good and its bad. Um, I agree with what everyone is saying. It does have its good and its bad. You see, okay, the good things that people are doing. You're like, okay, well, I want that too. You see the bad things, like, man, I don't want that. Um, it's great for vision, you know, to see where you want to be. So it has its good and bad, but it's just the balance on how much yeah. you're, you know, you're viewing it. So that's the word right there. Yeah, everything's balanced. So yeah, that's right. Are you happy, babe? Yes. All right. Had to make sure we get that out there. <laughs> but uh, I think we, we've got to be careful that we don't give social media too much credit for marital discourse. Uh, like, I agree 100% with what Wayne was saying. It's a tool. Um, for me, I personally believe that social media is an amplifier. So if you're discontent, mm. social media yeah. amplifies your discontent. Yeah. Yeah. If you're happy... That highway to... Yeah, yeah, social media will amplify, you know, your happiness. Again, we've you we, we utilize social media as the metric for value nowadays. Ooh. Prior to like when we were growing up, we thought success were people on TV, yeah, people right. that we could yeah. see well, in magazines. And now what we can see, we can now see social media. Except these aren't celebrities; these are your friends, your yeah. coworkers, and now you get that. Uh, the, the 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 view of what you perceive their life to be like through what they're presenting on social media, exactly. and you're only going to see what a person wants to present to you. Right. So you know, and this is all stuff we know, but again, socialization. This is what we accept as success is by what we see 
And now social media, you know, has amplified that. I mean, before social media, you had chat rooms. I mean, you can get in the chat room. Oh, man. College yeah. club, baby. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Black not- Planet, Black Planet. Come on now, Black Planet. K oh, Caramel wow. Twenty Two. Uh, <laughs> 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 what was that plug again, Kim? <laughs> K Caramel Twenty Two. <laughs> Is that website still even up? Dang, that is too funny, man. Yeah, man. So it's it's a progression, and you know, I mean, now they had the whole Ashley Madison thing to where people could oh, go out, man. you know, that was, and that, that was yeah, uh, man, it's a cheating website. Oh. Um, a lot of people, yeah. you know, and, were and, undercover. And, and the data got exposed. Like they had yeah. fifty million users that got exposed, and it was <laughs> specifically for people who wanted to have an extramarital affair. Yeah. So, that's crazy. Yeah, that got exposed. So, you know, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. We we can't give it too much, you know, too much credit, and we just have to understand that really what's happened is our values, our value system has has shifted, and it's unfortunate. But again, you know, it's it's nothing new. It it shifted. Like I said, it went from what we could see on TV now to to what we see on social media. Yep. So you've got to be conscious of of how you use it, the frequency in which you use it. And really, you got to, you know, understand that your value isn't placed on what you see in social media. And um, one quote, man, I heard Charlemagne say this. You know, some of y'all may not listen to Charlemagne, the guy, to each his own. But uh, in his book, he said, when I put my fa- when I put my phone down, I found my family. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, that was deep. Yeah. But it just went to show where he was and what he was missing out on. And that's not the case for everybody. Right. I mean, I like social media. I'm not on it all the time, but I'm, I'm on it. Right, so, you know, right, you won't hear me, you know, demonizing it. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, you got to identify your areas of weakness. And, and if that's a tool that's uh, that's it's causing you, you know, causing detriment to your life, man, you got to put that thing away. Yep. Straight up, man. It's good. It's a good combo, man. I'm talking about, uh, you know, strains that we, we all feel in our family, you know, uh, whether it's talking on the phone or constantly holding the phone and, uh, you know, in your hand as a device or like some of my constituents here who, uh, you know, is a Twitter king <laughs> or Instagram king, you know. So you, 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 you find different levels of strain. And, of course, it may not be detrimental to your marriage, but it's still taking away time, you know, in general that you could be spending with that person that you, you know, that you love or spending with the, uh, time with the kids at that moment. Now, uh, I'm going to switch it into an entirely different direction. We're still talking about a strain. So this is, you know I me. Mean? I need y'all to check your hearts, check yourself, and, and be okay. It's okay to let it out. Oh, gosh. So this is my question. It's, 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 a, it's a, uh, something that made me think. I, I heard it on a, um, I was listening to a, a radio show, and um, this question was brought out. And I was like, man, this is something that we... Most families, like it was my wife, she got on me yesterday because I was telling her, that I was like, you know, it's, I'm going to ask a question that most families don't talk about. She's like, well, you don't know. So I can't assume. But my question is, is that when your quality of life has basically been removed, um, meaning that you're in a vegetative state, do you have your spouse make the call? Or will you give that call or that ability to make that call to someone else. And my reason for asking that question is, is because I know mentally we'll say that, you know, my spouse 
is the person that who can make that call. But do you want to leave that weight on your spouse? No, you don't have to get a living will. Yeah. Period. But the thing is, even in a living will, you have to name someone to make that call. Not, not, not a living, living will. will. Living will, you tell them. You make that if call. I go, if I go down okay. to a vegetative yep. state, I want this or I want that. And that will trump what your spouse yeah. says. So what? It, so you're not going to give this the spouse a decision in that? No, that's a weight, man. I, yeah. I, that, that's a weight. Yeah, that's a weight. No, I, I, especially in a, in a traumatic time when you're talking about like yeah. I'm down and and you're being wife to me, mom, and then everybody else is asking you questions, and the doctor is like, "So what do you want to do?" Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't not been in this, a, a situation. Um, like there's a similar one when not similar it's not even close but it, it relates when London was born um, Sabrina had some complications mm-hmm. and the doctor the midwife came to me after right after I got done showing London to the family and um, they came at and was like all right she needs a hysterectomy what do you want to do and I'm like whoa like <laughs> what are you what do you mean? You what do I want to? You know what I mean? And and it was like like it wasn't like I didn't have time to think about it. It was like right. we got to do this right now, or that can cause her serious health issues in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I didn't want to make that decision without right. Sabrina. Right? Like I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow this down a bit. And and she kept pushing. You know, we can't slow down if we don't. She she's having some issues, and if we don't take care of these issues right now, you know. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. So I'm a big person on not being pressured into a situation. Mm-hmm. So even in that situation, I was like, all right, Lord, I'm not going to push this. And thankfully, God heard my prayer immediately because our doctor, because midwife wasn't our doctor. Our doctor came in because she, she had, had to go to another patient. She ended up coming in the room and pushed everybody out the way. It was like, look, she's not getting that. This is what we're going to do. She explained the situation to me and told me, what her better course of action was than getting hysterectomy. So thankfully right. that didn't have to happen. But being in that situation, yeah. similar to this one, no, I don't want that decision because I got parents downstairs yeah. asking me questions. I got family texting me like crazy, like what's going on? What's really happening? Right. I'm thinking about Nolan and, and what's going to, what literally my mind went here, what life was going to be like without mommy. How do I explain that? That I mean, it's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, right. absolutely not. That decision isn't a living will, and I don't want—I don't ever want her to have to be able to make that decision on her own because then that's going to beat her up for the rest of her life that she's the one that made the call. Mm-hmm. So, to answer the question, no. Nah. I'm going to go with that. I didn't even think about this. See, that's what I'm saying. See, mm-hmm. and that, was, um, that was the reason for for asking is because I know, you know, all of us we're relatively young, so we 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 strut around. It's like, oh man, you know, I'm not, I don't even, I don't even have that on my, you know, on my forethought. I don't even think about that. But, you know, life is life. Yeah. You know, things happen. Yes, we trust in God and we know that God has the ultimate plan, but there's still crazy people. And, um, you know, and I guess for me, it was just, it, 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 it hit me because it's like, man. I don't know. I, I don't even. I don't even have anything in place. And then, so if we don't have anything in place, it then goes it goes to the spouse, right? And so now I would have the weight of, of the weight of my life decision on my wife, and now she would have to make that call. Yeah, that, and that's where it's like, man, you know, like just this, yeah, like they're saying, I w- I wouldn't want to put that stress on her, uh, especially um, all emotions involved at the moment. Like if. 
like to Wayne's point, if you have time to some time to think about it and look at all the pros and cons of it, then you might be able to make uh, a decision. But most of the time, that's not going to be the case, you know, right. especially when it's uh, it could be something that is a freak accident or whatever have you. So, um, yeah, I think this is where planning is is integral. So, essential, yeah. So you have a will that's, that says in this scenario, this is what happens. So no one has to think about it. They don't have to let emotions cloud that decision. So yeah. I, I definitely, this lets me know I need to get this done ASAP. So. Do any of us have one in the room? What is it, a will? A living, a living will. will. No. Mm-mm. No. And we should. So we all have knowledge. Yeah. Well, I think it all Not ties back to actually having real conversations. Yeah. You know, in in your in your household, <laughs> right. in your marriage. We're not just talking about that. We're not talking about dying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but it is something that's important when mm-hmm. you're together and you have a family. Um, those real conversations really do matter. So if you're talking about it, then you can get to a certain point where you can establish a plan, and then you can create a living will based off of that plan. But when you never really sit and have those conversations, and it ties back to you know, allowing other factors to affect your life to keep you from having those moments, then you miss out on that. And then the person is stuck making that decision because it happens all the time. We've Mm -hmm. had two cases on my job over the course of three months where someone had a stroke, actually three cases. So now they're upset because they have to depend on their family to make decisions for them. The family doesn't want to make the decision. There's nothing in place. Uh There's nothing there. But somebody has to say something, and then they can't take care of themselves. They have to go to someone else's home. So it's important to talk about, you know, different things, not really knowing exactly what could happen, but just to have a plan in place. While while we're talking about that, I'm going to put this shameless plug in here. Life insurance, people. Life insurance, $20.00. Thirty dollars a month. Make sure, especially us, our people, do not have to have our families do GoFundMe's to bury us. Right. It's right. not. Right. It, it is. It's. It is something that is so preventable by just investing, especially if you're in your twenties or your thirties or even your forties, yeah. by investing just a little bit of money, money a month. Maybe your job has a program where they do it contribute it directly out of your check so you don't see it. So you're not having to contemplate or if that's, if you're struggling financially and if you're not struggling financially, you really need to have it right. Because at the end of the day, when it's time, when that time does come and everyone does, does die. um, It's important that we take care of what's most important to us, especially as, as men, because we, uh, we're we're leading the family. And this is a great way where you can lead your family so that when every, when you're gone, they're not worried about not having your income. Because that's the reality of so many families. After the the husband transitions, if there's no life insurance, those were joint bills. We got these bills together, mm-hmm. and now I'm halfway doing it. And, and now, if you have a single and debt. And, and debt as well, because that debt transfers over to the spouse, it don't disappear. Right. right. You know, especially Sally May gonna get her money regardless. <laughs> okay. Go so <laughs> we need to uh, really make sure that we all have life insurance. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, you get to get like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar policy um, for a really really cheap. I, I've seen, um, but it's like go go get it. And if you have insurance on your phone and you don't have life insurance, you need some Jesus. Mm-hmm. Straight up, that's our man. No, no, because it's real life, man. We will. 
<laughs> Make sure that phone don't. Yeah, 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 my, yeah, my screen don't crack. Yeah, <laughs> but man, then, yeah. Um, yeah, we have a, a definite priority problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we can see, that just because we have knowledge of something doesn't mean that we have understanding of something. Because we're all, like I said, we're 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 seven deep in here. Mm-hmm. Well, eight deep. How many of us is it? It would have been. It would have been. Uh, it would have been eight. It would have been eight. So um, we're in here seven deep, eight deep, really, because Sabrina is still within, mm-hmm. and um, not one of us <laughs> have a have a living will. I technically have an email written, but Sabrina don't know where to find the email. So yeah, yeah so that's and pretty then, much. <laughs> <laughs> And then this is crazy. I just did a quick Google search. Like, oh, yeah, there's templates. a form. There's a yeah. template form yeah. that Legal yeah. that yeah. all you have to do is fill it out. It fill has it all in. the form. So, the like, pieces. where do you like get it notarized? You just get it notarized. Get it notarized, and you where save do you it. Keep, oh, in where, your like records, in Google like, Drive, wherever. Like yeah. in your yeah. documents, important documents, important docs, right? So it just has to be notarized, and that's it. But I think it's the all of our realization that we really don't see death as something that we'll face immediately. Yeah, right. As you know, we're all still young. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the things you like, well, I put it off until, you know, until it's it's death age. Yeah, like like that can happen. I could could die in a day. (laughs) Right, but put put the pen in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I want. You don't have the capacity. Uh, You don't have the confidence to actually uh, make that decision, sir. But yeah, man, I, I said all of that. With that, with that, you know, with you know, basically, one to get us in line as a uh, as a unit because we need to hold each other accountable to make sure that you know, if something ever happens to either one of us here, that the burden is not left on the, you know the remaining family or you know the friends, and we're all trying like 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 uh, Dub said, you know, we're all putting the GoFundMe together to make sure that one of our funerals is covered and uh, you know putting that kind of strain on you, but. Um, this is another situation that came up, and it was also something that struck me, and um, it, it didn't really strike me in the whole in, in the whole uh, we need to talk about it. But it was interesting because um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with this lady named B Smith. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, B yeah. Smith is a lady who you know she's opened multiple restaurant chains on the East Coast, and you know she's a lifestyle guru. You know she. You know, she's done, uh, you know, a bunch of things, mm-hmm. but she is now stricken with Alzheimer's and she's in a late stage of Alzheimer's. And if you've never had to see somebody with Alzheimer's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But her husband, he didn't divorce her, but he has a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The girlfriend lives with them and helps take care of the wife. Mm-hmm. Who's the opposite race. She's the opposite girlfriend. race. The girlfriend is a, she's a she's a car, she's a white lady. <laughs> which which that's neither here nor there. Uh, obviously, the, that's a relevant point to yeah. the subject. It's really not. It's really not because the the obligation that I, well not the obligation but what I'm trying to see how everybody what you know what I mean what's your what's your thought on that because on one hand till death do us part. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, that quality of life is no longer there. That person is no longer there. That person is dead, basically. And your vows. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. So uh, I'm going to let everybody get their get they thoughts in. I but need a little you, bit more like backstory. Said, so, so basically, B. Smith is rich. B. Smith, she, she's got money. Okay. But her husband, he also had money. He was like a, yeah. he's like a high executive um, for Essence or something like that. And, you know, he's, 
uh, Essence Magazine or Essence Network, all this kind of stuff. So he's he's got money. He's got his own money. Okay. okay. So he, it's not like he's, he's leeching off like or anything. Okay. But the the um, the situation that I'm talking more about is the the social aspects of the aspects of you're married to a woman who now has Alzheimer's, but instead of you divorcing her or leaving her or putting her in a home, she's still in her home. And but now you still have quality of life. You still you still vibrant. You still able to. You still have all your faculties with you, and you're able to do things. So instead of you, you know, putting her away or something like that, you now have a girlfriend, and the girlfriend is now helping you take care of your wife, who's no longer there mentally. And and the other thing, the other key factor is that the kids are okay with it. And they they agree with what what's being done. So what is, what is, what is your take on it? Go ahead, Miss Kim. Let it let it fly. <clears throat> well, first of all, this household needs Jesus. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, is the way, brother. marriage relationship, how God designed it. You know, you're there. You know, through sickness and health, through death, through his part. You know, you're married. Like. No matter what state anybody's in, you're supposed to power through unless it's toxic to you. You know, like, Mm. is this person trying to kill you kind of thing? But it's not the situation. So, you know, through sickness and health, like, my spouse needs to be there for me. You know, and if they had Jesus in their lives, I would be confessing over my spouse and believing for healing. You know, Mm -hmm. and not their death. Mm. So, I'm I'm not in agreement with what he's doing. Yeah, I mean... The marriage vows. I mean, we base. I base. Uh, I can say we because we all base the same thing. Our covenant with our spouses based off the Bible, right? That's the that's the comfort that we have. That's the compass for what we do. And if a marriage vow says that you are there till death do you part, then that's what it means. And anything outside of that is extramarital. Now. I understand the situation and it's it's not easy, you know. I'm not going to you know jump on this guy and be like how could you do that to her because most people don't know what it's like to be in that situation and have and, and what he goes through on a daily basis and I'm not condoning it at all. Have you, have, have, have have anybody in the room ever seen somebody with Alzheimer's? Yeah, my family member. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my grandmother has it. My mother uh, retired to take care of my grandma, so we see it. My grandma's still living, but yeah, it, it's real. Yeah, it's real. It's, it, it, no, it's, it's definitely real. That's why I won't like shun him from the standpoint of like uh, Justin has this phrase. He's like, I'm not saying I agree, but I understand, right? And it's like um, the what what I have to do if I were in that situation, I'm I'm standing on my vow. It's like I I, I committed to this, and no, it's not ideal. I hate it. I don't like it. Um, I'm pretty sure she doesn't like it, right? If she could not, if she had a choice between Alzheimer's or not have Alzheimer's, she's going to choose not having Alzheimer's, right? So it's like, um, (laughs) um, so, and and I don't think that the kids, uh, agreement has anything to do with it. Like, you know, you're my kids. Like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not asking for your permission. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's between me and my spouse. Um, and if, if we made the vow, like we were going to stand together because if the situation were flipped, what would you want me to do? Right. And I don't want to hear not nail that. Oh, I would want you to go and be happy. No, Lies. No, no. Right. Lies. Stay your behind right here with me by my bedside every single day. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Um, but the so I, I, I'm, I'm with Kim. It's like no, that's that's the marriage vow that you stood on. You're in a situation. You have to continue throughout that situation because doing this, you're thinking it's helping her, but is it really helping her? And, and do you really have that expressed love for the person by doing this? It's like, man, yeah, I, I'm not down with it. Hashtag faith fight. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag power through. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a strong one, though. Okay. My husband told me to go ahead. Um, I agree. I agree with Kim and Wayne. Um, I've also, you know, obviously seen, you know, people with Alzheimer's. I'm in long-term disability as my current career. Um, so I deal with it all the time, you know, with that situation. It's, it's a tough, tough situation. But again goes back to the vows, the covenant that you, you know, you had. And usually Alzheimer's is usually a later um, condition. So you have it later on in life. So it's yeah, like you made it. only in their 60s. Yeah. So it's like, depending on how long you've been married, you made it all the way through. It's like, why are you going to give up on that person now? You know, no matter how long I've been married. So um, I definitely don't agree with that. And then to have the girlfriend living in the house. Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Uh-uh. that's just wrong. That's wrong. But that's just my take. Covenant, you know, you make a covenant as as you say when you're making a covenant before these people and before God. So, you know, to me, those are not just words. That carries a lot of weight. Uh, and you made a vow. Uh, my dad always told me growing up, he's like, son, when you marry a woman, marry a woman not just for looks. He's like, because if something happened, you're going to need that woman to stand by you. He's like, and I know your mom will stand by me. So it was always, man, I'm getting tearing up. Mm. Hey. It's all right, dog. So it was always, you know, great to see that pattern before me, so I can stand mm-hmm. in front of my wife and say, "Nah, yeah, nah, man, I'm, I'm gonna stay there." But, uh, you know, I would say, you know, I'm I'm listening to everybody and I agree, but then the second thing, um, aside from covenant, I'm wondering where's the family? You know, where's where's mm-hmm. her side? Where's the remaining of the family? There's a lot of things that are being permitted that should not. She she can't do anything about the situation. We all see he obviously has a problem. And everybody that's allowing it has a problem. So when someone can't stand up for themselves, who's going to stand up for them? So for me, not knowing a whole lot about the story, but I'm just wondering, where's everybody else in the picture? Where's Where's sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, whomever? That might step in and say, "We are not gonna allow this to happen." How are you gonna? How? Ooh. How? What in the world? How's she gonna take care of your wife? All right. That's so, tough. I'm That's back. Tough, bro. I'm back. Okay, so this is the reality. Of it. <laughs> All right, come back. Um, this thing. I mean, this this condition. Impact the the impact of it is brutal. It's man. It is taxing on a family. Yeah. And like I say, my grandma who hasn't. That's my dad's mom. Yet my mom. Retired from her job to take care of my grandma. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, my dad is one of six siblings. Mm. My dad and his younger sister bear the brunt of all responsibilities. Yeah. It would be a lot easier if all six siblings could contribute to that amount, but the reality of it, it didn't happen. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we would tell my dad, hey, man, you need to get XYZ, you need to get Auntie, Uncle, they need to help out more. He was like, regardless if they help or not, he was like, this is my mama. Mm-hmm. Have to do it, right. He was like, I don't care. They, like, they see her, they see the condition, they know we need help. I can't make them, but at the end of the day, I got a responsibility. This is my mom, I won't see her go without. So we made this decision, and whether or not 
they help be great if they did it would man it would lessen the burden a whole lot this is my mom this is what we're gonna do i would say in this situation the kids probably don't mind because they're taking care of her mom like that's her mom you didn't put her off somewhere right and she's getting taken care of again like i said i may not agree with it but i think that that's something that may that there may help ease their their discomfort with the situation of it being girlfriend because literally she don't know who he is. She's got Alzheimer's. Exactly. No idea. And it's unfortunate, man. You can see a person go from knowing exactly who you are, everything about you, to not knowing anything. Yeah. There is it's nothing. You're like, this, you know, this is not this person who I knew. And so, I mean, it, it's complex. And, man, it's, it's, it's a reality that, I mean, they say the statistics of people with dementia and Alzheimer's have, you know, are, are growing each year. So, mm-hmm. at some point, you know, in we may have to encounter it, but you know, I definitely speak that we, you know, we're not encountering that in our marriage. Um, but man, this it's 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 complex, and like I said, I ain't casting stones at him. I I appreciate the fact that he's caring for her, right? right. In some capacity, yeah. I'd be like, man, you can hire in home aid because they have those. Yep, you know, you can do. hire in home aids. That's what you know we we utilize. But um, yeah, man, I I won't cast stones at you know at any other situation. Yeah, I think it's a harsh. I think it's harsh though because you can look at it in so many different ways. So you know, um, of course, he be looked at in a bad way if he divorced her, and you know, and moved on. So you you'd have the naysayers about that. How would you do that? How can you do that? I mean, you always have to look at a situation if your shoe was in the other foot, right? If your foot was in the other shoe, I think is what I meant to say. But the the thing, I'm on the other foot. Whatever. You get the point. <laughs> but the thing is, the, the thing is, what does he do? What if he doesn't have the help that he needs? What if he's not getting the help from the family? What if he's not getting help from his family? What if getting the help from the children is just not enough? What if he did? He needed help, right? Yeah. So in needing and finding that help, he built a relationship. It's a girlfriend. And if the girlfriend is willing to come in and help the family, like there's so many issues here that what is the the one right decision? Okay, we would say the one right decision, that's your wife, based on the covenant that you have, you stand with her alone. You do it all on your own. You face it all on your own. But according to you all who have experienced this, it's a lot. Yeah. So how do you do it on your own? And if you can't do it on your own and you don't have the family there, then you reach out to someone else who becomes a girlfriend if they were willing to help. So then what? He divorces the wife? To marry the girlfriend who still stays and help him take care of his ex-wife. Can you can you divorce somebody with Alzheimer's? Because they don't Good have question. the the competency to make a call on that. Right. See, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that, that was somebody that I would, that would have to be you know somebody who's in that in that field. Mm-hmm. But um, so many different I'm, factors to yeah, consider. And that's why I say I'm 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 in a agreement, with, especially or or um, B was saying. Is that I'm not gonna I can't judge the guy based off of what's going on because I don't know enough factors of the situation. I don't know if you know if, if him and her were they were already in agreement to get divorced and maybe they had a conversation about that and then this started coming on and they kind of put that to the back burner and now she's at that that position in her life to where she can't make a competent decision. And so, therefore, instead of him, you know, he might just say, look, instead of me pushing her to the side, no, I'm going to make sure that she's taken care of because it could be a family situation. You know, there's 
you know, in my family, you know, like where, where Brian was saying, where he, you know, he, his dad and his mom basically stepped up. And then what you say, your, your, your aunt, yeah, one, your of, aunt, mm-hmm. one of his aunts, they stepped up and decided to help where in my family, it's been a fight since day one. Everybody's fighting for, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, this person will say that, oh, you ain't doing it right. You ain't taking care of her. You ain't did this, did that. And I mean, it's just fighting about stupidity. So it, it's it's taxing on all levels. And I mean, all levels. You know, um, it could be, like, like you said, you, it would be one day you walk in and it's like, hey, hey, this, you know, hey, I remember this, I remember that. And then a week later, I'm a six-year-old. You know, this person is a six-year-old. They need to be changed. They need to be, you know, they need uh, play stimulation. They need all of these things. And so it's like you, you're you on a roller coaster of, of just pure emotion. So, of course, I don't say, you know, I, I would, you know, standing on the outside, I would say, you know, oh, man, no, nah, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that to that lady. You know, she, she would stick by you. But in reality, that's not our situation. You know, that's not my situation. That's not my call. So I can't, it, man, I'm just basing it off, just seeing the way the family is put in strains when someone has Alzheimer's, it, it is it is very hard for me to make any type of judgment call when it comes to what that family decided to do to take care of that family, or take care of that particular person. I don't care if it's a girlfriend. I don't care if, if he went and got a boyfriend. If they decided to stick it out and make it—that's not—that's not my call. Not I, right, I can't make that judge. Right. I can't make that no, judgment it, call. This it's is, not this right. Is a, you know, we, no person has the right to judge anybody on any situation. You are not Jesus. You're not the Lord. Right. Um, but the uh, there are uh, options. Right. There are. The, the great thing—not the great thing—but the interesting thing about this scenario, like Brian mentioned, in home aid. We're not talking about what a family that doesn't have the resources to take care have to to lessen the strain of the entire family by having someone with constant twenty four seven care, mm-hmm. right? Now we we I mean you mentioned the, the first thing that you mentioned at the start of this was that she started several restaurants. He's a high paid executive, not counting anybody's pockets because they could be flat broke, right? Right? But is this the only option? We don't know. You know that's why I mean. I think it's it's important that we take a stand on what we believe in, but we like like everyone else has been saying, we take the opportunity to say, look, I'm not in your situation though. If I ha- and I don't have all the details because the media doesn't give us all the details. There are three sides to every story and all that great jazz. So uh, yeah, this is never a place where we want to be saying that we're casting judgment because we disagree with what they are doing. Right. Well, see, the, I, I, I to to wrap it all up, man. I truly believe that this still all goes back to having a living will because when you get to that when you get to that state it's it's almost like asking you know asking the doctor you know pull the plug you know are you going to make this agreement because being being on the hospital bed and having alzheimer's to me are i mean similar in this in the sense of that person is no longer there. That person is dead. But there's stages, right? So no, I wanna, yeah, there's stages when yeah. you start. But you're like, talking about when you get to that. Is when it's, it's first, you know, you start. You you have memory you're problems. Going in and out, basically. You, you, yeah, you'll go in and out. Uh, when you get full on Alzheimer's, 
you're no longer that person. You're basically, you're now just a, as we say, you're, you're just a flesh suit at that point. You, you, there's nothing there because you're, 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 you know, you'll speak. And when I say nothing there, meaning that there's a soul and there's interaction that you can have with this person, but the person that you knew and that you grew up with, that person is no longer there at all. You know, in, in rare cases, you'll have a flashback where this person, will, you know, you'll walk in the room and they're like, oh, hey, you know, hey, Al. Yeah, I've seen them. And then literally 15 After minutes years, later, years like, uh, go by. Hey, who yeah. are you? Yeah. Oh, OK, nice. And, but, you know, so as a when it pertains to being married to that person. I think that that's that's something that definitely needs to be discussed to where. You know, I don't want you to, to bear the brunt of this. I, yeah, we we're married to each other. But as your spouse, I don't want your quality of life to be shut down because now you can't leave the house because as an adult, I may not be there mentally. I know how to open the door. Like, I think I think at one point, even at my mom's house, when she was watching my grandma, uh, my mom, she couldn't really go. She couldn't really go use the bathroom. She couldn't do anything, really, because my grandma knew how to unlock a door. And one time she just walked out, just walked out. And she, you know, my mom, she, she doesn't have the, you know, she's not, she's not okay. She doesn't have the capability to go running. She's got some, some, some strong knees right now. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it, it's, you, you, that, that's a huge, huge, huge burden that a lot of us, we don't think about. Because you you know you you uh, for us especially you look at it and you be like yeah it's for better or worse you know for sickness and in health and so what happens when you get so detrimentally sick that you're no longer that person anymore yeah and now I'm telling you to I'm telling you to shut your life down at sixty and no you you need to be healed See, but again, that to me, that's a part of yeah, the vows it. that we take. I right. think sometimes we can rush into marriage, but yeah. this, these are conversations yeah. that have to be had. And I'm telling you, man, my dad growing up, like, look, make sure yeah. that your wife, you get, a, you make sure that you marry a wife who's willing to stand with you if in the event something happens and you can't mm-hmm. care for yourself. Like, man, that's important. So right. he harped on that. And then, um, so again, I don't give him a pass for having any extramarital relationships. Yeah. That's wrong. You know, so again, you know, I, I, I can't soften on that stance. Right. But hey, he's caring for his wife. You know, terrific. So yeah, you know, it's 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 a lot of angles. But yeah, like Wayne said, to, from from that, no, we I can't compromise on that. But again, I'm not, you know, I'm not throwing stones at him. But yeah, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's no no gray area. No in that. gray area there. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say that too. Like I'm not casting judgment, but you know. I stand firm on my case that I believe strongly in the marriage vow through thick and thin, through sickness and health, no matter what state we're in. Just like if you have a kid who's born, who's disabled, you're not going to be like, well, I don't have, I didn't choose this life. I'm not going to take care of you. You're not going to, you're not going to like, you know, disown your kid or like, you know, abandon your kid. You're going to, there's parents who take care of their disabled kid all their lives. I have a, um, older cousin who's been um, who's had retardation since birth. My his dad, my uncle, has been taking care of him since yep. you know yeah. since yeah, you know deep. since his life yeah his whole life. His whole so life. like yeah. you know just like that situation like 
throw the band to your spouse. Like you took vows. So And that's so, a good point. We don't think about that before having kids. Right. We mm-hmm. that, we don't. We you just, just assume that yeah. everything's just gonna assume be. it and you you know yeah. take it. Now that you have a spouse, oh now it's a choice. So let me let me propose this question. What if the spouse wants you to, you know, like, okay, if this happens to me, put me in a home or do this or whatever have you. What are your what are your guys' take on that? Well, I mean, that's all in conversation. Whether or not you all come into agreement. And and, and vow the vow is through thick and thin, right? But now, okay, my okay, listen, I get you on a thick and thin, but I want you to put me in in a home and just make sure I'm good. Because I don't want to be a burden to you. I don't want to be a burden to you. But the other spouse is like, no, I took a vow to take care of you. That's right. Like, you know what? Hey man, that's I think that's case by case. If you if you're in that if you're in that type of relationship where y'all have communicated thoroughly to each other and you have made it very, very clear to each other that look, this is I understand that you love me. I know that what you're doing is not because, you know, that's what you want to do. I'm asking you to do this for me. Yeah. And you know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff that you gotta put in writing though. Yeah, that's what I was you, saying. You put you know yeah, I mean? in a will. At the same point, it's still gonna be difficult because as a spouse I love this person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like for me and this woman. I don't care. You know she what I mean. So whatever, whatever, whatever we agree on while we got our faculties together, it's not going to mean anything when my heart is put into that position, and I'm going to make the dumb decision and be like, "Look, nah, I'm I'm going to stick it out. I'm going I'm gonna fight it out. I don't care what I got to do. I don't care regardless of what's I'm, on I'm the wheel. I'm on the side of the road sleeping on cardboard because I ain't got enough money to pay the hospital bills, but she's going to be right there next to me. And that's just the way I look at it, but there are some people where I mean, even yourself, you may, you know, you may have that relationship to where y'all look at each other and say, "Look, baby, I'm not going to be a burden to you and I'm making the decision for you." I want I'm putting it in paper. This is what I want done and I'm sticking to it. I want you to stick to it and this is the way we got to be and I mean if that's if that's the case to me personally um I don't know, man. Because you still make the commitment but at the same time But the spouse telling you like I'm good. This is what I need. Like, you know, just put me in a virtual reality simulation. I'll be good. <laughs> 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 Let someone take care of me. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh, yeah. Listen. listen. I, hey, I'll be good. I would not be bad at you. Just make sure they change my diaper or whatever need to be changed. And I just Straight be in, up, well, I'd be flying all over the earth. You're crazy. So there's, there's two things here, right? We got to make sure not to blur the lines between these two situations. One of the situation is do not resuscitate. The other situation is being put in a home, right? Because you are still alive. Even though the person is technically dead in their mind, Alzheimer's, that person is still alive. Right. So your living will is going to be for your do not resuscitate. If a person is still alive, you still have a commitment to that person. Second thing, like Brian said earlier, that commitment that we made wasn't to our spouse. Right? So my spouse does not get to tell me, home, no, don't, you can't, oh, let me alone, I'm going to be good. I didn't right. make this commitment to you. Right. I made this commitment to the Lord. Because I have a wife right now, y'all already know, trying to take care of her is sometimes the most difficult thing in the world because she try to fight you on every end. But I didn't make the commitment for her response to say, thank you, babe, or go through those scenarios. I made the response, if I see something that's going on, I'm going to try to be there for you. I'm going to try to care for you because God's pleased with what I do. Now, whether or not in the process, you will get the overflow. So you're going to be happy regardless. If I do decide to put you in a home, that's not abdicating my responsibility to say, I'm just going to go to work every day and live my life. Mm -hmm. No, I'm probably going to sleep in that home. 
I'm going to be right there next to you or I'm going to ensure that you get the best out. I'm going to get the, you know, the detailed reports. I'm not going to just say I I cannot personally wash my hands of the situation uh, of my spouse because at the end of the day, and and this is just me, nobody can take care of you as well as I can. And I don't care. Like you can have automatic compression all you want to. I, I, I was there every time. I, 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 I didn't witness it firsthand. I talked to my mom every day when she dealt with my dad in the hospital. And I went to see my dad in the hospital. And he, my dad would tell every single uh, nurse or whatever. He's like, look, whatever y'all going to tell me to do, that's fine. You just got to make sure she approve it first. Hmm. Because she's not just going to let you. Here's the medical professional. Just go. No, no, no. Explain to me in detail. Give me all this stuff. Let me make an informed. Let us make an informed decision. Because at times... You know, my dad just wanted to just like, you know, not worry about stuff. But it was my mom who was pushing. Right. Yeah, and and I'm thankful for that because, again, he got the best quality care because of her push. Not because, you know, my dad and, and y'all knew my dad to, to a certain degree. He was very laid back. Right. Just very like, you know, I'm straight. I'll be all right. No, not my mom. You're not going to be straight. Nope. Doctor, what? Oh, give me the, oh, you know what I mean? So I, I made that commitment to God and I will keep that commitment. To God, despite what my spouse feels. Yep, I agree. I totally agree. Got no backlash, huh? <laughs> Nobody has no. a counter opinion, huh? Uh, <laughs> come back, God. <laughs> but see, okay. You can't God, buddy. <laughs> no, no, listen. It's a commitment to God. I get it. It's a commitment to God that you're going to be there through thick or thin, right? Um, sickness or, or, or health, right? The thing that I guess I'm having trouble with, if the spouse mm-hmm. and their sensible mind said, listen, when we get to this stage, I don't want that for you. I don't want you to deal with that. I, if we get to this stage, this is what I'm asking for you to do. Mm-hmm. That's a vow that you two agree on. I don't think that's a, a conflict with God. Well, that's, yeah, that's a decision that I have to make, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to say, yes, babe. That's what I'm saying. I want that for you, and yeah. I'm going to agree. See, that's yeah, what, okay. at, you can look at, for instance, when we're talking about Alzheimer's, you can look at that as death. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some or, people, or, they look at it and say, and, and, and I'm, I know it sounds like I'm making a joke, but a lot of people will look at it and say, no, that, that person is dead. That person is no longer there. Mm-hmm. There's a body. It's just there's not life there. Not the same but person, yeah. that person is no longer there. That person that I married and that I committed to, that person is no longer there. And and then the reality of it is that person is no longer there. You're you're in 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 a sense you can you can almost say that I'm now only married to the visionary, the vision that I see of that person. And I'm married to the memories of that person because, you know, be to tell you, when you when you talk to a person with Alzheimer's, you realize that this yeah, is this is just a completely different person. Yeah, and it's just experienced that recently. So that's why I say it's, it's in reality, everything that we've discussed right now, man, is case by case. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're if you're OK with it, who am I to tell you not to do it? You know, I'll say that, look, this is something that I'm not going to do, but. I can't tell you that if you do do it, that you're not going to be able to make it to heaven. Yeah, when I say for Cleet's case, like, you know, if my spouse say, hey, this is what I want you to do in this scenario, just put me in a home. At the moment, I say, okay. Okay. 
<laughs> but like yeah, you said, but when it yeah. happens, okay, yeah, okay. but when, <laughs> but when it happens, yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay, cool, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, I, I better give this disclaimer too about you know talking about how my my family chose yeah, to yeah. deal with my grandma to mention it's not that my other my dad's other siblings don't want to contribute, some live out of state, yeah, right. so. You know, I think we, and this is not dealing with the spouse, but of course this is looking at a, you know, a, a parental issue. I think, you know, we all have to observe, even in our own families, we know those of us who are the kids who will be accepting the bulk of that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you know, all right, I know once this happened, and the parents know it too, all right, this is going to be the one, he's going to be the ones. And so, you know, I was telling my wife, I'm like, man, you know, these are things that we have to, even now, we got to prepare for because yeah. we know this sibling might not be in a position, this one might not. So we know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take care of your parents. Yeah, that's similar to like um, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, she took, you know, had dementia and as she progressed like the main caretakers was my grandma she was the oldest sibling it was 10 siblings one passed away so nine living siblings um insane um majority stayed in town like half half out of town out of state and my grandmother was the main caretaker and then the second oldest sister and another sister helped yeah. But my grandmother took on like the bulk the of the work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, me out, you know, outside like looking in and then too. my mom also helped my grandmother. So like, you know, like you said, it's almost like the 80/20 rule, you know, like in every organization or whatever, same goes in family relationships like the brunt of the work is going to be taken oh, on by, you know, yeah, the 20. That's right, man. So the moral of this conversation is Get her and the girlfriend. Her and the girlfriend. He gonna get a girlfriend. Hey man, I speak health of everybody in this room. Absolutely, man. Now this is no. I love, like I said, I love when we all get together because these are definitely conversations that we should all be having, and big facts. Not enough of us have them. No, mm-hmm. we we're not talking about life insurance. We're not talking about wills. Um, well, with the living wills, we're not mm-hmm. talking about wills. Period. And you know what I mean. Life, life is good, but life is gonna end. Every one of us have a certain date on the day that we're gonna leave this earth. You just you know what I mean. And um, I hope from this conversation we don't wait until we're gone and leave the uh, the remainder uh, the remaining people that we've left behind trying to scramble and figure out. What to do to make sure that we can go on home the right way. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully y'all got some information, you got some clarification, and you got some motivation to go do what you need to do, man. Take care of your family and uh, make sure you leave something. You know what I mean? The biggest transfer of wealth that you could possibly give to your family is a life insurance policy. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of families that, you know, that you look at and you be like, oh, man, they... They started off great. They're like, nah, because one of the parents decided that, you know what, I'm going to make sure that they have something when I leave this earth, and, you know, instead of instead of just debt. Got a small loan of $1 million. <laughs> We've heard that before. It's right? very small. It's very small loan. <laughs> small loan. <laughs> but all of that is, you know what I mean, that could be yeah. your child's testimony. Exactly. That my, my dad left me. A small loan of one million dollars. <laughs> so take from that what you want and run with it. 
So for me, your host Albert, my beautiful wife Adrian, yeah, my y'all. boy Diddy Roll, aka uh, Brian, yeah. <laughs> Merlo, Miss Kim, Cleet the Geek, my boy G Dub, get life insurance, the, the lovely Zena, Sabrina, <laughs> we out. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and an 18-month lease. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If canceled earlier, remain balance due. Unlimited basic after $6.30.20. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and an 18-month lease. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If canceled earlier, remain a balance due. Unlimited basic after $6.30.20. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use rules and restrictions apply.